0: What's happening everybody, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week nine of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2017-2018 NFL season. We are recording a special Halloween edition. We're recording this on October 31st. It is Halloween this evening. I'm sure everybody's got plans going to be a fun evening i'm sure so what we're going to do we're going to make this episode a little bit quicker you're not going to quite have the depth of analysis that we usually have per episode but hey look at it this way when you come back next week it'll all be fresh and new speaking of halloween my picks in week eight were scary good look not my best material but when you have a week like i just had you're allowed to be corny every now and then in week eight, straight up, I went 12 and 1. 12 of the 13 games picked correctly. 13 game weeks are make or break in terms of how you do in a pick'em league, certainly with confidence points. It's a make-or-break week. We got another one coming up in week nine. It's make-or-break, and baby, I made. 12-1 straight up, which means I'm 77-42 straight up picking the NFL this season, which is fantastic. And against the spread, we hit double digits as well. We got to 10-3 and three against the spread in week eight. That has a 62-up. 53 down with four pushes on the season and hey over under we had ourselves a successful week as well eight and five on the over under has us 52 up 66 down with one push on the season but we will definitely take an eight and five and hey well above 500 across the board in week eight the platinum gold silver and bronze picks from week eight also unequivocal success bronze pick told you to take Kansas City to beat Denver last night on Monday Night football and boy did they ever the defense showed up early in the game they held on late Kansas City wins that game 29 to 19. it wasn't against the spread loss I told you to take Denver plus seven and a half points that did not work out obviously as they lost by 10. but it did work out on the over under told you to go over 43 and a half points and they get to what's that 48. Silver pick, we won that one straight up. I told you to take the Eagles over the 49ers and they did so in convincing fashion as I think most people expected that they would, winning the game 33-10. It wasn't against the spread win. I told you to go Philadelphia minus 10.5 points in that game, but it wasn't over under loss. I thought it would get over the 45 points, but we only got to 43, so we fell just short. The gold pick and the platinum pick, we swept them out of the building. Gold pick, told you to take Cincinnati to beat Indy. That didn't look good for a while, and it ultimately worked out, but barely. Cincinnati wins that game 24-23, to a single point victory over the lowly Colts. Against the spread, it was a win. I told you to take Indy plus 10, because there was no way that Cincinnati Has a good enough offense to justify being given a 10-point spread. Double-digit spreads, you know how I feel about them. And over-under, it worked out as I told you to go over 41.5 points in that game. And the platinum pick told you to take the Patriots to beat the Chargers. They did so by 8 points, 21-13. to Against the spread win, I told you to go New England minus 7.5. And look at that, they win the game by 8. Finally, one of those half points or point it finally takes a bounce in our favor. And on the total, I told you to stay under 48 points. Look at that. It only got to 34. I didn't expect a blowout in this game, so we got that one as well. So platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. I was 4-0 and straight up. 3-1 and against the spread and 3-1 and over under in week 8. What an incredible week it was for us. That, of course, also translates to the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for season six of my show and year four of his pool. We'll start in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, where we have a new overall leader for the first time since the start of the season. So I have now moved back into second place out of 35 managers, and boy, has it ever gotten close now 656 out of 949 possible confidence points is what i've brought in on the season that's a clip of 69 percent, and it's basically a championship clip in week eight i brought in 90 of 91 possible confidence points the one game that i got wrong which i believe was oakland buffalo because i wanted i took oakland to win that game and buffalo won it I only had a single confidence point on it. So that was the only point that I lost all week because I went 12-1. and one. So 90 out of 91 possible confidence points, that's a clip of 99%, and it's an all-time great week, even though there were only 13 games. And look, let me preface this by saying, if you go X and 1, like if you only have one loss on a week or two losses on a week, doesn't matter how many games were played. Like, that was an incredible week for you. And for me to go 12-1 and and only lose one confidence point on the one game that I lost, that's an incredible week. Bear that in mind when we talk about the next league. Week 8, obviously, I was the winner. And I was not the only one in the league to go 12 and 1, but I was the only one in the league to go 12 and 1 and only put a single point on the game that I missed. So I ended up winning week eight. That's my first win of the season. 12 and 1, 90 out of 91 confidence points, clip of 99%. And like I mentioned, we have a new overall leader. The first time that 69 Kings' name has not been called as the overall leader. More than a teal has jumped up and taken the overall lead away from basically our post-to-post leader so far this season. More than a teal-in, same straight-up record as me, 77-42 and on the season, 657 confidence points out of 949. Why is that relevant? When I called my number, it was 656. So this is a one confidence point league right now. That is incredible that uh, the top two are only split up by a single point. 657 out of 949 is also a 69% clip on the season. Basically a championship clip. So shout out to myself, I guess, for winning week eight. And to more than a teal and for being the new overall leader in the Bridgewater's finest straight-up pool. It's worth mentioning, too, the top five are only separated by about 15 points, might even be less than that now, so this is definitely far from over. We go to the hatbox pool and I've now jumped back up after falling into a tie for sixth. I've now jumped back up into a tie for third with 77 straight up wins out of the 119 games played so far in the NFL. That's a 65% clip. We'd like to be better, but that's where we are. 12 out of 13 games in week eight obviously is what I brought in with the single loss. That's a 92% clip and we'll take a 90% week anywhere we can get it. Shout out to the Week 8 winner, and this is why I kind of mentioned, it doesn't matter how many games are played in a week. If you go, like, with only one loss or two losses, it's a great week. How about if you go perfect? My fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator and victim of me in fantasy this week, Gavin O'Connor, goes 13 for 13 in Week 8. 100%. I don't think I've ever seen it in a in a pick'em league that I've been in. So how incredible is that? Gavin goes 13 for 13. And some people will say, well, yeah, but it was only 13 games. You wouldn't have done that over 16. It doesn't matter how many games are played. It doesn't matter if there's 10 games played. If you get all of them correct... You've done something tremendous that only a small percentage of people that do this have ever done, which has gone perfect in a week. So Gavin, you did something incredible in week eight, my friend. Congratulations rel eagles fly remains the overall leader in the hatbox pool he has 80 of 119 games picked correctly and apparently has been a little under the weather lately so uh buddy i hope you feel better very soon rel eagles fly remains the overall leader 80 of 119 games picked correctly that's a clip of 67 percent so shout out to myself and gavin o'connor for winning week eight in their respective leagues and of course to gavin for going undefeated and more than a tealan and rel eagles fly tj Harmon for being the overall leaders in the bridgewater's finest and hatbox pick'em pools let's take a peek into fantasy corner see how my four fantasy football teams did in week eight action and for the second week in a row i went undefeated in fantasy all four teams won boom 4-0 week the second consecutive week which is awesome none of these four teams are any lower than fourth place in the respective league standings i got a couple of teams that are in first place i'm excited about fantasy this season in the professionals dynasty fantasy football league obviously as i mentioned gavin was a victim of mine this week in fantasy i beat him in that league pretty handily that moves me to five and three. I've got a week nine matchup against Bobby Miller, B Mill 412. It's a projected loss for me right now with best on best lineup, but we'll see what happens. So we're five and three in the professionals dynasty. Going to the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I guess technically it's a dynasty league. Uh, I pulled off a win against Ryan C. I was projected to lose that matchup but Zeke Elliott comes in, plays, has a monster game, so I end up winning that league, winning that league, winning that matchup, I'm probably going to win the league too, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm now 7-1 and one in the NFL YouTube Progs League after having what Yahoo projected as one of the worst drafts in that league, all of a sudden, look at that, Who's sitting at 7-1? and I got a Week 9 matchup coming up against Stephen Coleman, Half Moon's picks. Very important matchup for me. Want to stay on top in my conference and stay on top in the league. So shout out to Gavin again and Ryan C for the fantasy matchups in Week 8. And shout out to Bobby Miller and Stephen Coleman for the upcoming matchups in Week 9. I am also projected to lose against Half Moon as well. So it might be a tough week for me in fantasy. A lot of buys, obviously but let's see how it works out. That was Fantasy Corner from week eight. And I'll take this opportunity as always to remind you that if you go to the description of the YouTube video, description of the file on either SoundCloud or iTunes, any of those places, you're gonna find all of my results from week eight, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week nine in the nfl you're going to find information on joining the bridgewater's finest or hatbox pick'em pools for season six of my show and year four of the hatbox pool you're going to find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page talking football all week long all your favorite progs are on there make sure you join up And get in on the fun. You're going to find information on subscribing to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel. My piece of content that I do, my finest NFL parlays, came close this week, didn't work out once again, but we're continuing unabated through the rest of the season. Make sure you subscribe there. You're going to find information on nerdtease.ca. Use promo code BWFINEST, get yourself some loose leaf matcha tea, some great tea blends, unique blends that you're not going to find anywhere else. They're delicious. Ruby is fantastic, a great small business. Use that promo code BWFINEST, save 15% at checkout. And if you're in Canada, free shipping on orders over $50. And for this month, you're going to find one other thing in that description. If you follow me on Snapchat, you may have noticed a uh, BWF underscore 902. If you want to follow me on Snapchat and that information's in the description as well. If you follow me on Snapchat, you may have noticed my beard is gone. I don't have anything on my face anymore. Why is that? Well, starting tomorrow, it's November. You know what November means? November means Movember for the third year in a row. I'm going to be doing fundraising for the Movember Foundation. And the Movember Foundation tackles men's health issues on a global scale, 365 days a year. Every year, over 5 million MoBros and Mo MoSistas do some fundraising to help research and treatment for testicular cancer, prostate cancer, men's mental health, suicide prevention... It's one of the most important things that I do all year, and part of that is shaving my face and growing out only a mustache. I have to keep everything else clean-shaven, but growing out a big, gross, disgusting mustache every single year to raise awareness and raise attention to men's health issues. There are far too many men that are dying far too young because they're either afraid to get the prostate exam, afraid to get a testicular exam, suffering mental health issues in silence, and we wanna break that. The Movember Foundation wants to reduce the number of men dying far too young, far before their time, by 25% by 2030 how can you help out the link in the description is to mobroco finest i have a fundraising goal this year of 200 dollars it's a modest goal it's about the average of what people raise i've raised 115 dollars i believe over the last 2 years so i'm trying to best the total that i have raised to this point this year alone. So you can help me out by throwing me a donation if you're able. If you're not able, a share of that link would be fantastic. I would appreciate it very much. Mobro.co slash Bridgewater's Finest. That link is in the description. I'm going to do a video about Movember tomorrow when it is actually November 1st. So look out for that on the channel as well. Mobro.co slash Bridgewater's Finest. Okay, just as I say, we're going to be quicker this week. I took about 18 minutes to record my intro before I even talk about any of the picks. So again, the picks this week are going to be quicker. And uh, it's not going to be as long an episode because, look, you've all got plans tonight, I'm sure. I've certainly got plans tonight. Let's get these picks down on paper so you can get out and you can enjoy your Halloween tonight. I hope everybody has fun. I hope everybody plays safe. Let's get into the week nine picks straight up against the spread and over under for another 13 game week in the NFL. Let's start in New York, New Jersey, where we have an AFC East matchup. The Jets are going to play host to the Buffalo Bills, two of the more surprising teams in the NFL so far this year. Bills are riding a two-game win streak. They're 5-2. and two. They're second place in this division behind New England. And you got the Jets, who started off pretty hot this season at 3-2, have since dropped three games in a row. Ultimately, I think this game comes down to a show of defense one team has it one team doesn't i'm gonna go with the team that does have it that's the buffalo bills i like buffalo on the road in new york to beat the jets but i do think this is going to be a pretty tight game probably a field goal game relatively low scoring although we'll talk about that when we get to the total on the line here jets are three and a half point dogs at home i'm gonna have to tell you to hedge your bets on this one and take the new york jets plus three and a half there's the potential for this to be an upset. Certainly, division games, anything can happen. It's more than a field goal. If this was only two and a half points on the line, I'd probably tell you to take the favorite side of that because it's less than a field goal. We got that half point over. I think you had your bets in this one because you never know. Jets might come up and surprise you. Look, Jets have some weapons on offense now. Robbie Anderson found the end zone last week. Bilal Powell is playing better. Matt Forte is playing better. There are offensive weapons on this team that could do some damage against the Bills and potentially upset them. So we're going to go with the Jets plus three and a half against Buffalo. We're going to hedge our bets on that one. Total in this game is 43 points. I don't think this sails over or under by any significant amount one way or the other. I think Vegas actually pretty well got this spot on. I'm going to tell you to stick with the under where I like the better defensive team to win the game and look neither the Jets nor the Bills are this incredible offensive juggernaut so 43 points it's just a couple of points too many although I think Vegas basically got this line almost perfect so we're going to stay under 43 points in New York Buffalo let's go to Tennessee now where the Titans are going to play host to the Baltimore Ravens, an important AFC matchup. You got the Titans, who are now tied for the division lead in the AFC South with the Jaguars at 4-3. and three. They've won two games in a row. You got the Ravens, who evened up their record at 4-4 four four last week with a victory. They've won one game in a row. But, of course, losing Joe Flacco to that dirty, disgusting Kiko Alonso hit. I hated every little bit of that. I was really, really heated At Kiko Alonso. Now, apparently, he texted Joe Flacco after the game, apologized for the hit. So, apparently, there's no bad blood there. But, man, that just from the first second. And everybody immediately started blaming Flacco. Like, oh, well, he should have gone down earlier. As a defensive player, the only question you have to answer about that is Did Kiko Alonso have time to pull up? And the answer is yes. He had time to pull. He's a defensive player in the NFL. He had time to not lay that hit and actively made the decision to lay that hit. It's on him. Now, look, if there's no bad blood between Alonso and Flacco, great. That's fantastic. But let's not start talking about, oh, well, it was that, that was Joe Flacco's fault. Screw you. It wasn't. Kiko had time to pull up. He chose not to. Now that we got that out of the way, look, Ryan Mallett, he came into the game, he was kind of hit and miss, but I think, I feel like the drop-off from Flacco to Mallett is less so, certainly with the way Flacco's been playing this season, the drop-off I feel is less so than with some other teams. Certainly with, you know, the New England Patriots going from Brady to nobody, we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. But the uncertain quarterback situation means I have to take the Titans in this game. I think that run attack is just going to go at Baltimore constantly. Now Baltimore's got a really good run defense, so that will be the matchup in this game to watch is Baltimore's run D against, you know, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. But I like Tennessee in this one, again, certainly given the uncertain quarterback situation. According to Coach Harbaugh, apparently Flacco might play this week, but you got to wonder if he'll be somewhat limited based on the fact that he had a concussion and I believe is currently in the protocol. So we're going to take Tennessee here at home to beat Baltimore. On the line, Tennessee favored by five and a half points, and in what I think is going to be a relatively low scoring game, that's too many points for me. This is a game that Baltimore could conceivably win, even if Ryan Mallett is in there, because Tennessee's defense has not played on the field as well as they look like they should play on paper. So we're going to go Baltimore plus five and a half. That's just too many points there. Total in this game is 43 points. Again, it's another line that I don't think it's going to sail over one way or the other. But we're going to take the over in that one, over 43 points. Two offenses that can score some points. Two really good run games. I'm interested to see how Baltimore's run game fares in this one. But we're going to go over 43 points in Baltimore, Tennessee. Let's go back to New York now, the state of New York, where the New York Giants are going to play host to the LA Rams. And this is kind of an interesting matchup here because you've got, you know, first versus worst. Well, actually, they're now tied for first, I guess, in the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC West, now tied with the Seahawks, who have really turned up the heat. And you have, of course, the worst team, at least on paper, in the NFC East, the New York Giants, decimated by injuries in the receiving core. You know that whole story. Giants lost their last time out. Rams are riding a two-game win streak. Rams are scoring a ton of points, Giants not really. Defense is relatively similar, certainly the Giants have had to lean on their defense much more to have any hope, any semblance of success. They have won one game at least. I mean, this is one of the bigger mismatches of the week as far as I'm concerned. The only way that I think this game stays within a touchdown is the fact that it's in New York rather than in Los Angeles. I like the Rams all day here, Rams on the road in New York to beat the Giants. On the line, somehow the Rams are only favored by three and a half points. I love that. I'm going to jump all over that and say thank you, Vegas. Rams minus three and a half at the Giants. Total in this game is 42 points. I think it's going to sail over, probably by a touchdown at least. So let's go over 42 points in Los Angeles, New York, and say once again, hashtag thank you, Vegas. Let's go to Philadelphia now where the Eagles just keep on rolling, man. And they have to welcome in now the Denver Broncos on a quote-unquote short week. But look, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. They're the hottest team in football right now. They're arguably the best team in football right now, right up there with the other elites. And they're catching the Denver Broncos at exactly the right time. Three straight losses for the Broncos, quote-unquote short week in their home building in philadelphia broncos offense that looks completely in just just an absolute disarray like i mean trevor simeon is not looking like a starting nfl quarterback right now and hasn't for a number of weeks so you gotta jump on the eagles if you're not on the philadelphia eagles bus At this point, there's not much room left, but I think I can wiggle my way a little further forward to make room for you. Let's take the Philadelphia Eagles for sure at home to beat the Broncos. Look, I like the Broncos. I love that defense. That defense is really good, but Philly's offense is just churning along right now. It's going to be really difficult for the Broncos to come up and put a stop to that. They weren't really able to do that against KC last night. Kind of hit and miss. It's a really good defense. Let's see how they do against the Eagles. But I like Philly at home to beat the Broncos. On the line, Eagles are favored by 7.5 points at home. I think you have to take that until they prove otherwise. So even though it's against a really good defense, and it's more than a touchdown, let's take Philly minus 7.5. This is the first of two games on the slate that does not have a total right now. So we're going to be waiting on that for a couple of days, I'm sure, because Vegas are cowards. I think the watershed mark here somewhere is going to be around 45-46. So you know the deal. Significantly higher than that, take the under. Significantly lower than that for some reason, take the over. I think it's going to be around 45-46 points in Philadelphia, Denver. Let's go to Carolina now. NFC South matchup. Of the Panthers hosting the Atlanta Falcons, both of these teams won the last time out. Panthers pretty comfortably handled the Tampa Bay Bucks, another division game, seventeen to three. Atlanta came up, held on to beat the Jets, twenty-five to twenty. Man, what a roller coaster ride it's been for the Falcons fans this season, eh? They're four and three. They won last week by you know a close game against an opponent that they should absolutely dominate that offense is a shell of its former self for some reason Matt Ryan looking like a two-week rookie rather than you know Matt Ryan the Matt Ryan that we have come to know in the NFL and then you got the Carolina Panthers even though they're five and three their margin of victory is less than a single point they've actually put up fewer touchdowns than the falcons have put up fewer points they've just given up a few fewer points that's the only reason that they're five and three a little bit ahead of the falcons but still behind the saints in the nfc south you have to believe that at some point the falcons are going to figure out their offense you gotta believe that at some point that is going to happen the panthers defense has been really really good on the season as a whole lately not necessarily. Only giving up three points to the Bucks last week doesn't particularly impress me. The Bucks have put up a ton of yards, but it hasn't translated to points like you would have expected that it would. They gave up 17 points to Chicago. That was a loss. 28 points to Philadelphia. That was a loss. Now look, I get it. Philadelphia, great offense. Atlanta has the capacity to be that great offense. We saw it all season last season. Eventually, they're going to get this thing figured out, I just got a gut feeling it might actually be this week. Call me crazy, even though the game's in Carolina, I like the Atlanta Falcons to beat Carolina in Carolina in a tough division matchup. On the line, Carolina's favored by two points at home. Obviously, I like Atlanta's side of that. I'm going to take Atlanta plus two and winning the game outright. Total in this game is 44 points. You got to go over on it because you've got to expect that if you think Atlanta's going to win this game, then you think their offense is going to finally turn it on. So we're going to go over 44 points just based on game script in Atlanta, Carolina. Also, hey, you know how we just talked about Philly? So I was just, you know, looking at NFL.com and I get, oh, I get one of those cute little breaking news things. What does that say? Oh my God, the Dolphins just traded Jay Ajayi to Philadelphia. Hello, Eagles Super Bowl. I love this. I love this move. Look, I'm no gigantic J.H.I.E. fan, but what I do love is a team that knows it's got a shot to win it all and gearing up to make their run, to win their championship, and that is exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles just did by trading for Jay Ajayi. They traded for a high commodity running back, somebody that can improve their run game, make their offense even better, even more dangerous. I love that trade by the Eagles. Look at this. We're breaking news on a podcast that's not going to be out for another four hours, so everybody's going to already know about it, but whatever. It's kind of cool to break news anyway. Let's go to San Francisco now and I guess talk about this game because we have to. The 49ers playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers making the other big splash at the trade deadline, so far anyway, and that is by trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. We talked about this like, hey, New England Patriots fans, I hope you like Tom Brady because right now he's the only quarterback on your roster. I guess you better hope Julian Edelman can transition to the quarterback position full-time, because he's the only other guy that can, you know, throw the ball with any kind of accuracy. So Jimmy Garoppolo is now a San Francisco 49er. I believe in a corresponding move they released or waived Brian Hoyer. I thought I saw that somewhere. I could be wrong about that. Somebody check me. But Jimmy Garoppolo, now with the San Francisco 49ers, you've got to believe he's either getting the start this week or he'll get the start next week. He looks like he's going to be the guy of the future. For the san francisco 49ers is he going to work out i don't know but the little bit that we've seen from jimmy garoppolo i've been pretty darn impressed so you know what why not jump on the bandwagon right now san francisco 49ers are gonna beat the arizona cardinals this week i suppose it would probably be responsible of me to mention the 49ers are sending their second round pick back to new england in this deal So look, the second round pick for the 49ers is basically a first round pick because the 49ers are what, still 0-8? I don't think they've won a game yet. No, so they're 0-8. So they're going to get like a top two, top three pick for sure. They're going to be competing with the Browns for who gets the first overall pick. So this could very easily be like pick number 33 in the draft. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be a pretty darn good pick. I still can't help but feel that like some team must have been willing to give up their first round pick for Garoppolo like a contender that wants to shore up their backup quarterback position wouldn't have been willing to give up a first round pick for Garoppolo maybe not maybe i'm wrong in saying that but anyway look they got arguably the best or second best second rounder for him so why not just keep turning those fourth round picks into firsts and seconds new england you do you i got no room to criticize but yeah i like the 49ers this week look arizona unquestionably has the better offensive weapons in this game except at the quarterback position. Drew Stanton is garbage. Just flat out Drew Stanton is a bad quarterback and he will make those offensive weapons look worse. So until David Johnson comes back and can touch the ball 50 times a game, I don't think this Cardinals offense is going to do anything. So look, they're on the road, it's a division matchup. I'm taking the 49ers for sure. On the line, the Niners are point-and-a-half dogs at home. Take that. I think the 49ers win this game outright. Neither defense has been very good this year. Take them. Plus point-and-a-half, for sure. Total in this game is 39 points. Look, stay under on it, because I don't know what these offenses are going to do. Even though the defenses are terrible, who knows what the offenses are going to do. So we're going to stay under 39 points in San Fran, Arizona. And you heard it here first. Hopefully, Niners win beat the cardinals let's go to dallas now where the cowboys are going to play host to the kansas city chiefs on a quote-unquote short week big news obviously last night a judge denied the injunction against the zeke elliott suspension so dear god the suspension is back on how in the world does anyone talk about the dallas cowboys like on a daily basis like just the cowboys because would you not just get so un, so just frustrated and pissed off talking about this story? This is The Elliott suspension, it's on and then it's off again and then it's on and then it's appealed and then it's off and it's reappealed and it's on and it's back off and it's on again and it's just so, it's impossible to talk about this team. And the reason that I go so far as to say it's impossible to talk about this team is because whether or not Zeke plays makes this an entirely different team. Like, they're two different teams if Zeke is in there versus if Zeke is not in there. You're talking about your best offensive player. So that's why it's so frustrating to talk about this Dallas team. You look at Kansas City. They won last night on Monday Night Football, so it's a quote-unquote short week for them. They've got to hit the road now, go to Dallas. That's not going to be an easy place to play in. The offense looked fine for, like, the first half of that game. Second half? Didn't look so great. Defense looked great at the beginning of the game against a subpar offense. Second half, boy, they didn't look great. Kansas City's going to have to hope that they get out to like a three touchdown lead early in this game and then hope to hell that they can hold on. And they're going to hope to hell that Zeke Elliott is not playing in this game. And that's the problem. It's so hard to make a pick in this game because we don't know that situation yet. I think the winner of this game is going to be wholly dependent on whether or not Zeke Elliott plays. Right now, Zeke's not supposed to play. And the suspension looks like it's going to go ahead. So, I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road in Dallas to beat the Cowboys with the caveat being, if Zeke plays, Dallas probably wins the game. On the line, this game is a pick an absolute pick'em. So since I like KC to win, I'm gonna take KC as a pick'em. This is the other game where there is no total. I would think your watershed mark is gonna be like one of these low to mid-50s. If you get anything like a 51 or a 50 or like even a 52, I would say take the over on it because they're two incredible offenses, two defenses that are certainly. Uh, pregnable, that are certainly beatable. So I think you got to take the over on it. If you get a high 50, like a 55, 56, you might have to think twice about it. But a low 50 or a high 40, definitely take the over. That's how I'm going to tell you to go in Dallas, Kansas City. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins are going to play host to the Oakland Raiders. And originally I had the Dolphins winning this game, but now they don't have anybody besides Jarvis Landry. So let's take the Oakland Raiders on the road to beat Miami. I had Miami in the upset here because I figured Jay Cutler, hopefully, probably going to come back. That makes the offense a little bit better. Jarvis Landry's playing really well. And, you know, they've got a run game. They can hopefully do something. But now Ajayi's gone. Now they don't have any run game, really. So, look, this is going to be the Oakland Raiders all day. Miami's defense cannot hold the fort for a complete four-quarter game. I don't think that's going to happen this week. So, even though the game's in Miami, let's take Oakland. On the road to beat the Dolphins, Oakland can finally right the ship on the road as I think they're only one and three so far on the road this season. On the line, originally I had Miami as a three-point dog at home, but we're going to swap that up live as we speak and go Oakland minus three at Miami. Total in this game is 44 points. I liked the under before. I really like the under now with Noah Jai. So under 44 points in Oakland, Miami. And the last game we're going to talk about before we get to the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks for Week 9 is the Green Bay Packers at home against the Detroit Lions. This is a division matchup, obviously. We got the Lions at 3-4, and four, having lost three straight games. We got the Packers without Aaron Rodgers at 4-3, and three, having lost two straight games. Something's got to give. Somebody is going to get off the schneid. I'm going to take the Lions in this game based on the fact that, look... Again, we don't know what we're going to get out of uh, Hundley and the Packers on offense. They had their bye week last week, so hopefully Mike McCarthy, who is a very good coach in this league, has something drawn up that the Packers are going to keep this game competitive. The game's at home. Anything can happen in a division game. This is a tough game to pick, actually, but I am going to take the Lions here. The Lions have won their only division game and just right now without Aaron Rodgers top to bottom I think the Lions are the better team I think they're just underperforming right now so let's see it Detroit justify my faith in you I like the Lions on the road to beat the Packers on the line the Packers are two and a half point dogs at home obviously I'm going to tell you to go Detroit minus two and a half since I like them to win the game and it's less than a field goal total in this game is 43 points I think you got to take the over on it because if somehow Green Bay gets out to an early lead, look, man, Matt Stafford and comebacks, they're just like, you look up comeback in the dictionary, Matt Stafford's face should be there. So take the over, might be a backdoor over, but take over 43 points in Detroit Green Bay. All right, folks, let's do this platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week nine, 2017 NFL season. We're going to start at the bottom with the bronze pick where I am seven and one straight up, which is the best mark of any of these picks. Four and four against the spread. And hey, we finally got an over under right in the bronze pick. Go us. It was just like the best week ever in week eight. One, six, and one now over under for the bronze pick, but it's not a zero anymore. Now it's a one my bronze pick this week sees the Houston Texans going home to take on the Indianapolis Colts and you want to talk about an impressive offensive team you're talking about the Houston Texans because oh my god Deshaun Watson played that game against the Seattle Seahawks like his life depended on it what a game by Deshaun Watson and when you can draw praise from the Legion of Boom especially from Richard Sherman and Sherman's like look We've played all the great quarterbacks, and this guy is going to be a great quarterback. He may already be a great quarterback. What the hell are the Indianapolis Colts going to do? Look, the Colts played it close with Cincinnati last week, but Cincinnati is Cincinnati. Cincinnati is not the Houston Texans. I know it's a division game. I realize that, but I got Houston all day here. Let's take the Texans at home to route the Indianapolis Colts. On the line, Texans are favored by 13 points at home, but it's less than two touchdowns and it's the Colts. So I'm actually going to take that with how well Deshaun Watson is playing right now. Certainly a touchdown for Will Fuller, probably a touchdown for DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar Miller's probably got two in him. So let's go minus 13 for Houston at home against Indy. Total in this game is 49 points. I think you have to go over on it. I think the Colts are going to score something. They did just put up, what, 23 points, was it, against Cincinnati's defense? Cincinnati's defense, not bad. They're playing fairly well this year. So I do think the Colts are going to put up something. I think this number goes over. So, Houston beats Indianapolis in Houston. We got Houston minus 13 on the line, over 49 points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick, where I am 5-3, both straight up and against the spread, and and 3-5 over-under sees the Jacksonville Jaguars at home playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Question, how do you go from being picked to win in my gold pick to being picked to lose in my silver pick in the span of one week? Answer, you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Jacksonville, very complete team. They can run the ball. They're starting to throw the ball a little bit better. Cincinnati just is still, after years, and we've been talking about this for years, making too many mistakes. Dalton's making too many mistakes for a quarterback with his experience. And the Bengals are just like chronically underperforming. And I think they're going to walk into a buzzsaw this week going into Jacksonville. A team that defensively is playing incredibly and offensively is putting up points in bunches. So let's go with Jacksonville here. I like the Jags at home to beat the Bengals. On the line, Jags are favored by four and a half points. It's less than a touchdown. I think we take that Jacksonville... Minus four and a half at home against Cincinnati. Total in this game is 39 and a half points. You have to take the over on it. You have to assume Cincinnati is going to score some. And look, Jacksonville is one of the top offensive scoring offenses in football. So I think you got to go over this. I realize why this number is the way it is. Two pretty good defenses. But you got to assume Jacksonville might even get a defensive score in this game. So let's go over 39 and a half so jacksonville beats cincinnati in jacksonville i like the jags minus four and a half on the line over 39 and a half points that is your silver pick my gold pick where i'm six and two straight up four and four against the spread and now six and two over under on the season sees the seattle seahawks at home taking on the washington redskins the skins did not impress me this week at all still too many issues on that offensive side injuries all over the place it was incredible how many redskins went down in this game so they're going to be banged up at best now coming into seattle to take on the legion of boom who look the legion of boom got beat up by deshaun watson and the houston texans that was an incredible game to watch that was such a fun game and now they got washington who is a team that is trending just just kind of treading water actually now that i think about it like the offense The offense is not playing well enough to justify the fact that the defense is not playing well enough. And Seattle, look, they're just walking into a bad situation here. I like the Seahawks at home, especially with what they put up offensively against Houston. A better defense than Washington's. You gotta like Seattle here. I like the Seahawks at home to beat the Redskins. On the line, Seattle favored by seven and a half points at home. It is more than a touchdown. I realize why a lot of people are going Washington plus seven and a half in this one. Washington just has not filled me with confidence. So the way I'm looking at this game is, honestly, it's less than 10 points. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. I like Seattle minus seven and a half at home against Washington. Total in this game is 45 points i think this goes over washington's capable of putting up a lot of points seattle as they showed last week are capable of not only putting up a lot of points but coming from behind to win football games so you got to think this is going to sail over 45 points we'll take the over so seattle beats washington in seattle we like the seahawks minus seven and a half on the line over 45 points that is your gold pick and the platinum pick where I am six and two straight up, but only three and five against the spread and over/under. But if you look at it, two weeks ago I was only one and five straight or against the spread and over/under for the platinum pick, and I'm now three and five. So we're definitely going in the right direction. Sees the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the Tampa Bay Bucs. You got the Bucs, who only put up three points last week against a team that they should have put up more than three points against. They're getting a lot of yardage, but it's not translating into points. And now they got to walk into a division game in the other guy's building. They're certainly not going to lack for motivation. This is a game that Tampa Bay arguably must win if they want any hope of doing anything this season. But the Saints, man... There's nothing that Tampa Bay can do on defense that's going to make up for what New Orleans can do on offense. I think this is going to be a not at all competitive game, unfortunately, for the Bucks, Because I like the Saints at home to beat Tampa Bay. On the line, Saints are favored by less than Seattle's favored against Washington. Saints are only favored by a full touchdown in this game. Definitely take that. New Orleans, minus seven all day. Nothing Tampa Bay is going to be able to do. To stop Drew Brees and that offense. So New Orleans, minus seven. Total in this game is 50 points. I have to say that it stays under because I don't know what we're gonna get from Tampa Bay on the offensive side of the ball. There just there's no there's no run game there. There's no there's no way to drain the clock and possess the ball, and it's just not happening for the Bucks this year, which is the exact opposite of what I thought was gonna happen this year. So you got to go New Orleans minus seven, and I think it stays under 50 points. Don't know what we're going to get from the Bucs on the scoreboard. So Saints beat the Bucs in New Orleans. I like New Orleans minus seven under 50 points. That is your platinum pick. All right, folks, those are your picks straight up against the spread and over under for week nine. And as tradition dictates, it is now time for the comment of the week from the Week 8 video. The comment of the week from Week 8 comes from the overall leader in the hatbox pick'em pool, Mr. TJ Harmon. So TJ Harmon says, woohoo, what a Week 7 that was. Only 13 games this week, so it's going to be a quiet week. Wound up not being a quiet week at all. There were actually some incredible games last week. But the picks still go on. I like the picks, but I'm still skeptical about that Thursday night football game, Dolphins-Ravens. Oh, that wound up being 40 to nothing, my friend, so it's, you know certainly the Dolphins, you gotta wonder, is that the game that finally got Jay traded? It was weird. And it's funny, because TJ's an Eagles fan, so there's all kinds of connections here. I also picked Baltimore to win, but Miami might pull the upset. We shall see. Good luck to you this week. Well, TJ, good luck to you as well. Like I said, you're kind of feeling under the weather. Hope you're feeling better soon, my friend. Hope this helps. Yours is the comment of the week from the Week 8 video. All right, folks, that is going to do it for week nine in the NFL. We're going to get you out of here on my CFL picks, my what have been admittedly some pretty crummy CFL picks for week 20. This is the last week of the regular season in the CFL. The playoffs loom. Only one team that has made the playoffs knows where their place is, and that's the Calgary Stampeders, who have immediately moved to the West Final. They've already got that locked up. Every other playoff team is playing for position So there's still plenty to play for in week 20 let's look at the week 20 picks in the cfl i was only one and three in week 19 which has me down at 15 and 21. so here's the way it's got to go i have to go at least three and one this week if i want a shot to finish the season over 500. so these are the most important cfl picks that i've made all season Let's do this. Week 20 in the CFL. We've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home over the Montreal Alouettes. Owls have nothing to play for. I don't think Hamilton has anything to play for. So I just like the better team there, and it's Hamilton. I got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the Calgary Stampeders. Calgary has nothing to play for. Winnipeg has playoff position to play for. Winnipeg comes out and wins that game. We got the Edmonton Eskimos on the road over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think Edmonton's the better team. They want it more. They need it more in terms of playoff positioning. So I like Edmonton. And then we got the BC Lions at home to beat the Toronto Argos. That's going to do it, folks. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Once again, have a safe, fun Halloween. Enjoy this evening. That's what it's for. Whether you're 5 or 55, enjoy Halloween. Have a fun time this evening. Once again, nerdtees.ca, movember.com. Again, those links both in the description below. Toss them a look. Buy some tea for Christmas. If you can help me out with the Movember campaign, that would be stellar. I'll have a Movember video out on the channel tomorrow. Enjoy the games in week nine, folks. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, all that fun stuff. You know how to find me. Get me on Snapchat, BWF underscore 902. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you again in week 10.